Welcome to Talk Christmas Podcast, and Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. What? Oh, I don't know. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year's, I guess. It is the annual Christmas episode here at Real Talk Christian Podcast. And this year, we're going to go behind the scenes on some old historic Christmas carols. We're going to read about the history of these Christmas carols, where they came from, even kind of do some uh, some misconceptions or some... Did this person really write this hymn? This could be a fun conversation for this Christmas season, Fuller. So you ready? Ho, ho, ho. Let's go. So uh, I, I accidentally unmuted you and I yeah, hear you. Like, what? What? I was like, hey, man, we didn't talk about when we were going to come in. I'll just do a countdown. You were like, what? Well, oh, no, it's five, man. four, three. I was trying to wait for the four, uh, the, for the one beat though to come bring it down. Uh, but my we, bad. We did it on like the three beat. It is also hard fine. to be like welcome to Rattock when the music is just a nice slow jam. But you know it's Christmas season it Christmas. here in RTC. Happy Christmas, ha- Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas, and Happy, Happy New Year, Happy, Happy Holidays. You know, Janiel made fun of us because this year we did not prep well. We don't have our Santa's hats or our Christmas I outfits. Know. I did wear a blue um, shirt. We don't even have Christmas mugs this year because it's been a wild year. It's, um, yeah, it's been nuts. So. so that's our Christmas tree behind us. That's yeah, if you're on YouTube, you're going to see the flashing flasher lights. The flashy flasher lights. Whatever. I don't know. It's it's our Christmas lights, and that's what we're going to go with this year. Maybe we should have, like, turned down the lights and, like, just had a big old flash in one spotlight. <laughs> really? really set off, like the Christmas pageant yeah, style? Yeah, re- really set off a vibe. <laughs> no, I don't care. And then Anyways, we sing a solo. So what coffee are we drinking tonight there? Well, wow, we're jumping right into the coffee. Well, we got we to so, streamline, bro. We got to streamline. So we had an episode... In between this one and last week's, oh, there wasn't really an episode. We just hung out over on Facebook Live inside the Facebook group. So when we talked about- And I guess it was on YouTube. It was on YouTube. And it was on Twitter. So when we tell you guys to hit that subscribe button and get involved- We mean it. We mean it. So if you haven't done so, go to Real Talk Christian Podcast Community Group, the Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube, hit all the subscribes. So when we're on, you guys are known. And if you missed it- you missed it. Yeah. But we were eating some cinnamon rolls, having a good time with our coffee. I think that was so, the name of the video, wasn't it? Cinna rolls? No, no. Cinna <laughs> <Cine-a> rolls. <laughs> and so I'm still drinking my decaf from Kalamazoo Coffee Company. You know, nothing good comes out of Kalamazoo except Kalamazoo Coffee Company and my brother-in-law, Joe. And I think Godfather's Pizza. Anyways, I just <laughs> I just, I just, finished the Tacoa Caramel that yep. I was drinking last episode. Uh, it's, I mean, And I'm just yeah. going to throw it out there. If anybody wants us to drink coffee from your hometown send it on the show seriously hit us up and let us know we've had people and, and this is going to sound like a really shameless plug so i'm just going to lean it into as hard as i can he is. we love free crap so please send us your free coffee from your places but here's the other thing too is it's so fun because every time we get coffee from different places like i mean shoot we've had coffee from canada for crying out loud right we've had coffee from peru it's like we get to drink a little bit of your town and your culture while we're here on the show so it's not just so much of a um, we're cheapskates, so we want free coffee, and this is how we get it. That's that's not what this is at all. No, we say you guys fuel us. You guys sponsor yeah. us by fueling us with coffee. That's Absolutely. What we do, so and it's it's just fun to have a little cultural exchange too. Like you give us some coffee from where you're from. Yeah, we drink it on the show. We give you a shout out. It's a good time. It, it is a good time. Uh, and if you guys didn't know, uh, I know we haven't plugged it in the past few episodes, but we are we do have our merch store up and mm. going, and so. Uh, I th- it's too late, to, so you can get your New Year's gifts. I guess you can just go to realtalkchristianpodcast.com forward slash store. And then just hit the store button, yeah. and it'll take you to the store. Well, it takes you to a page, which explains our store is a little weird because read how Redbubble does things. Yeah. And then it explains how to do it, and then it lets you go to the store and then buy some stuff. There you go. Anyways, uh, go, get, go get your opinions, merch with all your Christmas your, your Christmas money and you your just got. bags. Anyways, 
Man, you're pushing us right through. I am because we have a uh, we we set a goal, man, and I'm going to stick to the goal. So today our review is from Brie Ellie sixteen. Uh, great Christian content. I love how they follow everything up with scripture and explain the Bible instead of just pushing personal oh, opinions. She spells my name right. Mark and Chris keep it real while not taking themselves too seriously all the time. I've had this podcast on every day at work for the last week. I'm learning so much as someone who has just started digging deeper into my faith. This podcast is helping me for my own opinions on big issues. Let's go. Well, Brie Ellie 16. Uh, we appreciate your review. Uh, if you are here in the States and would like to get a mini swag bag, reach out to us with your name and address and uh, we'll get that shipped to you as promptly as we can. Anyways, man. Uh, and before we, before we move on from that topic, also, if this podcast is an encouragement or you think someone would enjoy the conversation, you can share it with somebody. Share. It's free to share. Sharing is caring. Sh- I was going to say sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. I am making my font larger because I have a lot of reading to do Thank this episode. Goodness. So, you know, every year for the holiday episodes, whether it's Thanksgiving or Halloween or New Year's or Christmas, it's sometimes hard. Yeah. They keep coming up with stuff. Like, pastors get this fun. They can create these themes around Christmas. We're talking about this theme. But for us, we're like, we got a one-shot wonder, baby, for Christmas. So what the heck are we talking about? Do we really want to talk about everything that every other pastor is talking about? Exactly. So we were were thinking, okay, so what could we do for the Christmas episode? And then you had this idea. And then I did all the work. But you (laughs) had this idea. I'm giving you crap. I I claimed it. I know, but that's what I like. Well, typically, I did all the traditions and the same. I do all the hard ones. No, no, you did last year's. Yeah, no, it was your... It, we 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 switch off. Yes. Oh, you know it's what? We never looked that up because in the podcast live stream, we were trying bro, to remember bro, streamline. <laughs> streamline. Oh, no, no, but we were trying to figure out which Christmas episodes we have done yeah, so no, far. Yeah, right, right, right. And so I do know for a fact we've done Santa Claus. Should we? we we've done Santa Claus traditions. Uh, what's missing? Misconceptions, misconceptions. of the of of uh. The Christmas Keeping story. Christ as the focus during the Christmas ah, season. That's there the other one. Oh, yeah. 123 is the Christmas story. And so, the, yeah. so Megan, if you're still listening, you asked us if we've done one specifically on, like, you yeah. know, Baby Jesus Nativity. We have the Christmas story. Are we missing right. the facts? Oh, Advent. Yeah. we So so we did, we so did two see. Christmas ones we'll last see. year. I did that one and that one and that one and that one. And you did that one. You did that one, too? I did all those. Yeah. You even did a Christmas carol. And I did. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. If you guys did not nope, streamline, streamline. If you guys, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> no, but shameless plug. No, shameless, sh- plug. shameless plug. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to it or if you want to listen to it again, go back, type in Christmas into our search bar at realtalkchristianpodcast.com and you'll see a Christmas carol audio drama presented by RTC. That's me and my wife, Janiel. It was a Christmas gift we did for our kids last year by putting on this uh, audio drama that that I did a ton, a ton of hours We on. could drop it again this year, dude. We probably should. Let's I think, just drop I think it it's a fun thing. A Christmas store is a, is, it's a classic. So um, I yeah. say drop it, bro. Drop listen, it again. L- listen to it if you ain't. Drop it again. All right. Go ahead, buddy. I love it. So but when, so for this Christmas, we were trying to figure out like, what exactly we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the same thing every single time. And you were like, dude, what about we talk about Christmas carols? And I'm like, why would we talk about the, the book, A Christmas Carol? And you're like, no, no, no. Christmas carols. C- carols. Like the songs. Yeah. Where they came from. And I'm like, yeah. bet, let's go. He's so, like, I want this one. I'm absolutely. like, you got it, bro. So, you know, I was doing a lot of research uh, last night and reading through all these different hymns and there's backgrounds and stuff like that. And there were some uh, Christmas carols that I did not bring in because there's hundreds, hundreds. So I brought in the five, like five very popular 
Christmas carols, and then we're going to talk about their histories. Classic. Where they, classic, yeah not, yeah, not like Mariah Carey. Um, but like classic church Christmas carols that have been sung for hundreds of years, where yeah. they came from, their story, their history, that kind of fun stuff. But before we do yeah, that... Yeah, let's get into it. Do you know, guys... What are the most downloaded Christmas songs on Spotify from last year? Last year? I, I bet I bet we can guess number one. Number one is she's she's been thawing out since Halloween. <laughs> All the Queen I of Christmas. Want for Christmas did you? Hey, you, did you see the article that uh, I don't remember who released it. Someone released it last year of how much money she oh, makes. Oh yeah, she, it's ridiculous. It's like it's millions just, every Christmas season because yeah. it is the number one. So number Mariah one. Carey. All I want for Christmas is you is the number one. That was the most streamed Christmas song. This next one had me kind of shocked. Last one was either. last Christmas. Last Christmas, I, I gave you my heart. I, I, yeah. I, I, I missed the tune. That was so off tune. But I, I love last Christmas. I actually enjoyed that one. Another one is Santa. Tell me, are you? Oh, oh, I, I cannot. Santa, tell me, are you really there? I can't stand <laughs> I that can't song. Do it. <laughs> I can't stand that song. Yeah, I'm glad you know it because I always, I always turn it off when it gets to that song. Next year. I, I enjoy that one. Anyways, what's the next one? Number four is for Beth and for Janelle. Number four. So, so far, we've had Mariah Carey, number one. All I want for Christmas is you. Last Christmas by Wham. Wham. Number three was Santa Tell Me. Number four is by Michael Bubble. Bubble. Michael, no, Michael Bubble. It's beginning to look it's a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys are everywhere. I don't no, know. no, no, I don't know. Whatever it goes. Anyways, but yeah, that was, Michael, that was you combine the two. Michael Bublé. So Michael Bubbles, number four. Number four. And then number five is a classic Christmas song, Rockin Rockin Around, Around the Christmas Tree. The Christmas Tree at the Christmas Party House. Beep, beep, right. beep, beep. Next one. Next one is Jingle Bell Rock by the Bobby Hills. I do have to say, this was one of my favorite songs. But then, you know, now whenever I hear Jingle Bell Rock comes on, stinking Mean Girls always pops in my head with that <laughs> stupid dance. And I'm like, it ruins it. Oh, it yeah. ruins I, it, I'm man. still okay with Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, I still love it, but it's stupid. Yeah. Um, the next one is, it's the most wonderful time of the year by the one and only Andy Williams. Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And then number eight is one that this I love is The Babes. And mistletoe. The, the babes. Mistletoe. You, uh, Under the mistletoe. Yeah. No. I love that one. Now, this one, number nine, I actually didn't even know Sia had a song. I don't even know what the snowman. song is. Snowman. So I don't know what that one is. So I need to listen to that because I don't even know what Snowman is. But no, then, I don't know this next one either. The next one is Do They Know It's Christmas? The 1984 version by Band-Aid. By Band-Aid. What is that song? I don't even know what that song is. And I, I am shocked that I want a hippopotamus for Christmas is not on this I list. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Only hippopotamus will do. Or like, all I want for Christmas is my two friends. But see, or like, like Out of the Chipmunks. Yeah. Like, but, but, what's see, up with that? but see, a lot of those songs are more just the fun Christmas songs, but these are the ones that are on people's Spotify's playlist. They play in everywhere yeah, Christmas. So me, this is like pop culture songs. You know like, what I'm saying? Where, like, where's the classics? Like, like, Oh, holy night. Right, and that's just like, it. So, you like, know what, you know, we're, we're the classics. And so, like, as Christmas has evolved over the years, yeah. you can see, like, especially from this list, that we've transitioned away from so many of the classic Christmas songs where we focus on the birth of Jesus. And instead, now we're talking about Santa, Christmas tree, 
trees, mistletoe, snow, toys, and all fun Christmas traditions. Now, there are some a lot, like there, there, I will say a lot of these Christmas songs are really fun. Mm -hmm. They're joyful, it's about the Christmas season. Um, I actually really love the Pedestonics song of what oh, Christmas means to me. Yeah. That one's just a baller one. In fact, um, uh, Sanctus Real just dropped a new Christmas song today day of recording Ooh. actually and it's kind of the same idea i i don't think it's called christmas should, to me or something like that we should, we should reach out to mark graham about that yeah so so mark so he posted on his yeah. facebook and i listened to it so they just dropped one but you know it's it's we have a lot of these fun songs around the christmas season but as time has gone on it's very easy not even just the commercialization of of christmas i don't want to go into that side but a lot of our christmas songs and the focus of christmas have taken away from why we celebrate christmas even as christians and i put the focus on around just the fun and joy and traditions around Christmas. So, which I do want to say, like, if you're new to the podcast, we do have four other Christmas episodes from over the year, but we talk where like these Christian traditions come from. And it's wild for the simple fact of many of the Christmas traditions that we have, some of them actually have religious backings, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the Christmas tree with Martin Luther, right. mistletoe coming up from uh, Mexico, yep. and a lot of other things that we just that do. That was poinsettias. Poinsettias. Why did, yeah. That's a mistletoe, didn't I? Yeah, poinsettias. Yeah, I forget yeah. where the mistletoe came from. But yeah, the, those Christmas traditions that we talked about last year. Yeah, so we had Christmas traditions last year, and this year we're going to talk about some famous we're going to call them classic church Christmas carols and yeah. how we got them. So here's the five Christmas carols we're talking about tonight, and if it's not one of your favorites, I apologize. I can't do all of them. It's the five. I, I almost brought in Angels from the Realm of Glory because that was actually a Scottish Christmas song. I can't song. believe you didn't put in the bleak midwinter. I mean, that's just a classic. In the bleak midwinter. I could have brought here we come a wassailing on the, yes. the tree. Oh, I love that song. Or I saw three ships come sailing in on the, Christmas Day. On it's Christmas funny Day. because those songs are on the audio drama of a Christmas carol. And Both they're that. on the Hawk Nelson <laughs> Christmas CD. But so the five Christmas carols yeah. that we're talking about tonight is Joy to the World, Angels We Have Heard on High, Away in a Manger, Silent Night, and Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. Oh, I love that song. That's one of my favorites. Really? Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem? Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. See, my, I would say my two favorites. Dude, you got to like it just because it's got best name in it. Come on now. But um, Angels what? We Have Heard on High what? and Heart the Herald Angel Sings by Lincoln Brewster with Ooh, the yeah. guitar solos oh, in the yeah. mix. Oh. See, if it ain't thumping, he ain't bumping. That's Ab the problem. That was good. I know, right? That was, good. That was I, I'm learning. You're rubbing off on me. I love it. So here's what we're going to do for this episode, guys. I have a lot of reading to do. All, all, most of what I'm going to say from here on out, besides, you know, my little ad, you know, things that I like to do. I'm going to shut up during this part. It's all quotes. And we have all the links in, in the show notes. So we're not trying to steal anything. We're not trying to copyright anything. But it's easier sometimes just to copy paste from the people who did the, the history. We can just have some fun and we talk We like about it when it. other so, people do the legwork. Absolutely. So we're about the five of the backgrounds to the these five Christmas carols, starting with Joy to the World. So, Let's Joy go. to the World, fun fact about this one before we jump in. Fun fact. With did Mark you Hyde. know nope. that it was not actually written to be a Christmas carol? And in fact, Joy to the World was actually not even written to be a song in the first place. I did know about this. See, I actually didn't. Well, but, I knew about it because you told me about three hours ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, the words Joy to the World were originally penned by the one and only, the great hymn writer, Isaac Watts. Mm -hmm. Isaac Watts, who was, you know, born July 1674, died November 1748, was an English congregationalist minister, hymn writer, theologian, and... Um, logician. Logician. Logic. He was, he was a freaking brainiac. Yeah. 
He was a prolific and popular hymn writer, and his credit was some 750 hymns. His works include When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross. Mm. I love that song. The one we're going to talk about, Joy to the World, and Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. Mm. He is recognized, as this is a dope title, the godfather of English hymnody. You come to me with the problem of wanting to sing, and I bring you this. On the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> that was thinking brilliant. And so many of the hymns remain in use today have been translated into numerous languages. Mm, that's cool. But in 1719, so this would have been, he would have been uh, about 45 years old, if I'm doing the math right, about 45. Watts published a book of poems in which each poem was based on a psalm. But rather than just translate the original OT, sorry, Old Testament text, he adjusted them to refer more explicitly to the work of Jesus as it has been revealed in the New Testament. One of those poems in the book was an adoption of Psalm 98. Watts interpreted this psalm as a celebration of Jesus' role as king of both his church and the whole world. More than a century later, the second half of this poem was slightly adopted and set to music to give us what is now one of the most famous of all time Christmas carols. This is fun, though. Isaac Watts intended the words of this poem to show the return of Christ rather than his birth. Watts never knew that the poem he wrote would actually one day be one of the most famous hymns when more than a century later, a Boston music teacher named Lowell Mason discovered this poem and set it to music. Because it was released at Christmas time, it quickly became a holiday favorite and went on to become the most published Christmas carol in America. That's awesome. Like, how dope is that? That's like, he cool. just wrote a poem, and then someone's like, yeah, yeah, bet. A hundred years later, bet, I got like, you. I got a beat for that poem. <laughs> like, that's just so stinking cool. So so that was Joy to the World. So another one that we love is Angels We Have Heard on High, which is one of my favorites. Absolutely favorite. Another one, Reliant K's version of this song. Angels mm. We Have Heard on High. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so when I would play that in church at Southside, I would play it the bass version of that with the way Soche would play above it. So it was a lot of fun. Um, so... Here we go. The earliest known printed version of Angels We Have Heard on High was in an 1842 French songbook. Though the source of the song is unknown, it is believed to have originated in 18th century France. The song was first translated into English in 1860 by James Chadwick, a Roman Catholic bishop. Wow, I didn't realize Chadwick did that. Right, right. It's super cool. That's cool. In fact, we have more church fathers coming up here in the next couple of hymns. Um, Chadwick was born to an English father and an Irish mother. Though he was born in Ireland, he was educated in England and spent the remainder of his life there. After attending U Shaw College, a combined college and seminary, and being ordained as a priest, Chadwick served for years there as a professor in humanities, mainly teaching philosophy and theology. In 1866, Chadwick was elected Bishop of Hexham and Newcastle and worked in this capacity until his death. As a bishop, Chadwick served as the quote-unquote shepherd of God's people. It seemed appropriate that he would translate the words of the angels as given to the shepherd at Jesus' birth, Gloria in Excelsis Deo, which is Latin for glory to God in the highest. Just as the origin of the words of this French song is unknown, fun fact, so is the melody. Mm, so wow, we don't know cool. where the words came from, and we have no clue where the melody came from. Since it was common for text to be written to existing tunes, which we've talked about a lot yep, of songs yep. written to like pub tunes or modern licks yep. and, and lyrics, or not lyrics, but modern melodies and whatnot, um, it is possible that the melody is actually even older than the words. The tune as we know it today was adopted and arranged by Edward Shippen Barnes. He was a talented organist who received training from the gifted musician that both Yale 
and at the Scola Camptorium in Paris. Having studied in France, it seems fitting that Barnes would arrange this traditional French carol. Mm, that's cool. But we're not done yet. After returning from France, Barnes devoted his talent to serving God as an organist in all or in churches all across the U.S., New York, Pennsylvania, and even out in California. Barnes also composed organ symphonies, wrote a book on methods of organ playing, and even served in the Naval Reserve during World War I. However, his most lasting contribution proved to be his musical arrangement for Angels We Have Heard on High. After all, this music accompanies the voices of people who sing about the utmost purpose in life, bringing glory to God in the highest. That's cool. You know, and it's cool. So, it's like, so far, we've seen these two hymns were designed to point people's minds to Jesus. And the first one was Isaac Watts was just a poem to point the fact that Jesus is king. He's coming back. You know, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Right. Like, bruh. He's here. Let's go. And the angels we have heard on high, you know, everything points back to glory to God in the highest. And he's also just a brilliant organist and even was like in World War One, like dude was just a boss. Can you imagine not singing it in Latin though? Glory to God in the highest. Glory. Does that the same vibe? Glory. Glory to God in the highest. Yeah, I mean, that's what not it was. Not the same vibe. Yeah, not the same not vibe. Not the same one. Not the same vibe. Here's one that I have been waiting for. All right? Here we go. Away in a manger. Away so, in a manger. Now, this is uh, a straight-up copy-paste quote from a really— This article is super cool by um, Barakat Kalile. I think is what it is. It's called sure. the store behind away Dudes, in the manger. What do you what do you always tell me? Say it with confidence. Yeah, that was terrible. There was no confidence. There at all. So here we go. Away in a manger is one of the most popular Christmas carols, and its history has been obscured behind ready false information for a long time. Our story begins in the post-Civil War area. In eighteen eighty-seven, American hymn writer James R. Murray entitled the tune or uh, entitled the tune to Away in a Manger as quote unquote Luther's Cradle Hymn. Murray further stated that in his popular songbook, Dainty Saints for Little Lads and Lasses, that Martin Luther, like OG Protestant reformer. 95 theses, guy. 95 Reese's. <laughs> 95 Reese's. Nailed them mugs to a good old church door. That he was the one who actually not only wrote it, but he also sang it to his children every night before bed. As the song spread across a growing America, people began to sing it at home, churches, and at schools. They often envisioned legions of German mothers rocking their babies asleep each night with the strains of Away in a Manger. As the song became more popular, some news reports even trumpeted the song's Teutonic heritage as the powerful information that obviously could only have come from the great Martin Luther himself. But ironically, not only did German mothers of this era probably not sing Away in a Manger, they never heard of the song until it arrived in Europe from its country of origin, the good old U.S. of A. Where Murray got his misinformation on Luther still remains a mystery. Yet, because of his out outstanding reputation as a writer and publisher, the story stuck. Collins goes on to write that the song was probably written in the mid-1800s by an anonymous American. The tune was composed by a J.E. Clark, a man named Charles, Huts, uh, Charles Hutchinson, Hutchinson Gabriel, a music director for Grace Methodist Episcopal Church, published a new version of the hymn that includes the third verse. The legend of the song being written by Luther continued to grow as passing decades brought in the new century. In 1945, as Americans battled Germany in, in a world war, American writer Richard S. Hill sorted through the now 70-year-old mystery concerning the carol's origin. He determined that James R. Murray probably himself uh, 
himself probably wrote the music long coupled with Away in a Manger. Yet, as Murray always took credit when he composed a song, it is doubtful that he would have had deflected the credit to Martin Luther. It's more likely then that Murray was given the song and it simply adapted the existing German-influenced melody into four-part harmony for his book. It also seems likely that Murray received the story of Martin Luther writing the piece from the person who originally gave him this song. I have this really cool piece of paper with lots of words. It was written it's by me, Martin Luther. It was written by Martin Luther. If you give me a bag of gold coins, I will give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the article ends where it says, although we may never know where the song, uh, who, who wrote the song, we can still find inspiration in the story of the song itself. It tells us of the incredible humble birth of the greatest man who ever lived. And the more I think of the deeper in all I fall. The song sung for children also reminds me of Jesus were mm. teaching us that to such belong the kingdom of heaven. We must learn to become like children in order to commune with God. But like, how wild That's is that? Crazy. That so many people are like, oh yeah, you know, Luther wrote this and Luther did that. And this is German mothers. And it's like, um, no, he bought it for a bag of gold. <laughs> that's a little baloney, man. We don't really know where that song that's came crazy. from. So it's it's just fun. So it's like so far, you jo know. It came from Joseph Smith. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> um, but like Joy to the World started as a poem, not even about Christmas. And then Angels We Have Heard on High, we don't know where the song came from. We don't know where the music came from, but it came from the French. Away in the Manger, supposedly Martin Luther, probably not Martin Luther, probably American, and somebody probably lied. Here we go. We have two more. Silent Night. Oh, we're at the 25-minute mark. We might not make it to 30. I figured. You're bad. Uh, <laughs> so Silent Night. Silent Night is about a calm. This is actually a really fun one. Silent Night is about a calm and bright silent night and the wonder of a tender and mild newborn child. The words were written in 1816 by a young priest in Austria, Joseph Moore, not long after the Napoleonic Wars had taken their toll. The backstory is that the priest went for a walk before he wrote it. He looked out over a very... Quiet, winter-laden town, says composer and conductor John Cahonan. He was inspired, and the town was at peace. It was Christmas Eve in 1818 when the now-famous carol was first performed at Still Nach Hilnach. Joseph Moore, the young priest who wrote the lyrics, played the guitar, and sang along with Franz Xaver, Franz Xaver Gruber, the choir director who had written the melody. Man, I really wish I brought water, brought water down. Um, an organ builder and repairman working at the church took a copy of the six-verse song to his home village. There, it was picked up and spread by families of traveling folk singers who performed around Northern Europe. In 1834, the Strasser family performed it for the King of Prussia. So it was written in 1818 and not even 15 years later it was performed for the King of Prussia. In 1839, the Rainer family of singers debuted the carol outside Trinity Church in New York City. So it literally went from Austria to the U.S. in 20 years, yep. which is wild in that time of the world, not even mm -hmm. this time of the world. Um, the the composition evolved, and it was translated into over 300 wow. languages with many different arrangements for various voices and ensembles. It was sung in churches, town squares, and even on the battlefield during World War One, which is a super cool story when you when you read about the mm -hmm. story with Silent Night and how there was the ceasefire for... We should for, do that next year for a Christmas episode. Talk about the ceasefire, World War One yeah, for Christmas? Yeah, that'd be cool. That's a fun Anyways. one. Um, when during a, a temporary truce on Christmas Eve, soldiers sang the carols for home. Silent Night it, by 1914, known around the world, was sung simultaneously in French, German, and English. All right, so you learn the French and I'll learn the German, and then we'll both sing it in English next year. I can't even sing in English, bro. 
<laughs> All right, go Not on. Not even good. Over the years, the Carol's mystique grew with its popularity. After the original manuscript was lost for decades, some speculated that the music had been written by Hayden, Mozart, or even Beethoven. But in 1994, an original manuscript was found in Moore's handwriting with Gruber named as the composer. Oh, Today, cool. the Franz Xaver Gruber Museum in Holland and Joseph Moore School in Wagrain, Austria, honor the creators of this classic carol. The Still Not uh, Grelishaf or Silent Night Society hosts a virtual Silent Night Museum, tracks events, and promotes the use of all six verses, which, in the words of Silent Night Society president, encourage peace and demand responsibility for the globe. The English version of Silent Night is typically sung, though, with three verses out of the six, and normally we sing in the order of verse one, Verse six and then verse two, which I think is the most Baptist thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> we're going to sing verse uh, uh, silent night. We have, there's six verses. We're going to sing verse one and then verse six and then bounce back up to verse two and call it quit. Sound good. Sound good. Good. But is that wild though? Or it's like the silent night that we have, we don't even sing an order of the song. We don't even sing half of the verses. That's awesome though. I kind of like it. I, yeah. I dig it. We're different. But, you know, there there is something to be said about that specific hymn being sung at a candlelight service on Christmas Eve. That is just so dope. Mm-hmm. I love that one. All right. Last one is, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Now, this is another long, long-winded one. So, I'm going to let you ramble while I take a sip of coffee. Oh, little town of... Oh, you said ramble. One of the best known hymns of the Christmas season, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. You're not rambling, you're reading my words. Well, it's not your words. You've copied and pasted, so I can read them if I you want. You want to read this one? No, I was just going to keep going. Oh, and okay. like, I was just going to read that paragraph before you interrupted me. You keep bad. it going, but my then bad. you interrupted me. So. Well, I was going to like, what are you doing? So, Oh, little town of Bethlehem, one of the best known hymns of the Christmas season, originated in 1868 as a poem written for the Sunday School of the Church of the Holy Trinity on Philadelphia's Rittenhouse Square. What the heck type of church name is that? That is long. It's uh, it's on the Philadelphia's Rittenhouse Square. That is really long. The words by Rector Philip Brooks and music by church organist Louis H. Redner resonated themes of stillness and peace in the aftermath of the Civil War. Mm. Which Can we talk about the fact that there's been a lot of organists mentioned in, in this that, like, the music composers and the directors and the organists back in the day were like the OG, yeah. like worship pastor dudes. Like that's there just super go. cool. That's awesome. Uh, featured in uh, featured in this circa 1900 photograph. Oh, there there was a picture apparently with this blog post. Um, is the Church of the Holy Trinity the site where Reverend Phillips Brooks wrote the much beloved Christmas Carol all the time Bethlehem in 1868 following a trip to the Holy Land. Born in Boston and educated at Harvard University, Brooks came to Philadelphia after his ordination as an Episcopal priest in 1859. He served as the first rector of the Church of the Advent, New York Avenue, and Buttonwood Street before moving in 1862 to Holy Trinity, then a new church in the area, fast becoming the most fashionable in Philadelphia. A dynamic preacher, whilst uh, uh, a dynamic preacher, while still in his 20s, Brooks rose to prominence as he preached forcefully against slavery during the Civil War extended his ministry to African-American troops in nearby training camps, advocated equal rights, uh, equal rights for freed men, and became active in the Union League. At the end of the four-year war, Brooks movingly eulogized Abraham Lincoln and the soldiers who gave their lives. The fallen included his brother, George, who died of typhoid while serving in the Union Army. Hmm. Brooks found, informa- uh, found inspiration for his hymn after the war during a year abroad in Europe and in the Holy Land. While traveling, he wrote to his children of a parish visiting 
um, of his parish about visiting Bethlehem on Christmas Eve and feeling reminded of the hymn singing of his home congregation. It was not until three years later, though, however, in 1868, that he reflected on his experience by writing a poem for his Sunday school students with the first stanza being, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. The church organist, Louis Redner, set the words to music of a composition he had entitled St. Louis, and the hymn had its first performance at Holy Trinity during the last Christmas season before Brooks left in 1869 to become the rector of Boston's Trinity Church. The first two stanzas of O Little Town of Bethlehem, featuring the author's own handwriting in 1868, were produced in the studies of familiar hymns by Louis F. Benson. Reverend Phillips Brooks originally wrote these lyrics as a poem, for the Sunday school students in the Philadelphia Parish, we've we've already talked about this. Um, Brooks subsequently became better known for her service in Boston than in his seven years at Philadelphia, as he rose to become a, a, a bishop of Massachusetts and among many other uh, calls to preach, delivered a sermon for Queen Victoria in Westminster Abbey. Following his death in 1839, Bostonians memorialized Brooks in Copley Square with a monument by Augustine St. Gaudens. Old Little Town of Bethlehem lived on, sung in the United States in the form of composer by Redner, and in England to the tune of an English folk song, Forest Green. An early publisher of Brooks' papers observed the hymn, it is an exquisitely simple thing, and yet one feels behind the words of the existence of a great soul, meditating on the mystery of the divine revelation. Composed in Philadelphia, published in hymnals for many denominations, and performed by musicians from Elvis Presley to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, Old Little Town of Bethlehem became an annual and beloved hallmark of the Christmas season. Love it, man. Love it. You know, the cool thing is, is so many of these hymns that were put to music were not even designed to be songs. You know, they were designed to be poems, things to teach people about the gospel, almost like catechism type stuff, mm-hmm. where it's like we want people to grow in their faith. And then just like what many people do now with psalms and modern songs, where they add words or they add music and melody into the song to help us remember it. It's just kind of cool when you read through the history of some of these songs have been sang by Christians for centuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one was 1888. What was the the oldest one we have? The Watts one was from the 1700s, yeah, Away think- in the Manger. We don't really know. Um, Angels We Have Heard on High was in the 18th century. So all of these were about uh, up to Seven, about 200 years old. Right. Yep. 1700, 1800. And so for 200 years, these songs have been cornerstone pillars inside of the, the, the Christian church. And it actually kind of makes me think a little bit about, like, is it one of those things where, I mean, Beth and I play a lot of Christmas music in the house. So we just bump it all sure. the time long. But there's something simple to be said about singing these very, very simple Christmas songs to remind us of the beauty of the Christmas season, to remind us of Jesus coming as a little baby and the beauty and the simplicity of the message, but also the grand and vastness of the implications, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I don't, I don't even know what are the final thoughts I have, except for the fact of that's just a heck of a lot of fun reading about the history. Yeah, no, that was a lot of, of fun. these hymns. And we hope that you guys uh, enjoyed it as well and hope that you guys have a great and Merry Christmas. But we can't leave yet. Not yet. We can't leave yet, Fuller. No. You know why? Why? Time for Fun Facts with February. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, my dude. I said we were going to be done in 30 minutes. You we're, said 35. So I think you win the bet. I, I'm pretty close. For this but, one. Uh, yeah. So do you have a fun fact to end the Christmas season with as we are almost into 2024? So, you know, as we start uh, getting to the Christmas day, oh. uh, what do you typically think of when you have kids? Like, what do the kids think of? Presents and stockings and, and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know, this one has to do with Legos. Did you know Ooh. that Lego bricks withstand compression better than concrete before you ask why the world isn't just made out of lego bricks think about how much just one set costs <laughs> why are they so expensive anyway like it just doesn't make sense but yeah they actually uh, hold up better in compression wise which i have seen does. that before i've actually seen where they take like the compressor down they try to yeah. like, squish the legos and it doesn't do anything and then eventually it just goes boom and yeah, it's super loud explodes. yeah but and that's what ha- that's what happens to my foot so, when i step on one i go boom and again then, that was an article from popular mechanics so there was the i even put the source in there this time that's that's a whole lot of fun man well guys we're not going to keep you any much longer than this just like always share the opposite share the episode share the episode with someone else that you know you would enjoy it with you this christmas season season man i've been talking a lot leave a like and a review anywhere that you listen to your podcast. If you have any questions at all, it's just an email at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, go to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button and that bell notification. Wow, it doesn't go very loud when it's uh, it's just very, it's very, just very silent. Subtle. Anyway, silent ding, night. ding. <laughs> uh, so when we're on, you'll know. And uh, we were just on uh, a while back. Uh, I did a live video and everybody that uh, was subscribed knew about it. So if you haven't done it already, Go ahead and do that now. We love it, guys. Hey, we love you all. Have a Merry Christmas. And until next time, keep thumping and bumping. Take it easy.